This program is produced using the resources of Public Media Network in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Learn more at publicmedianet.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of the Share Prosperity Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ford, Share Prosperity Kalamazoo Coordinator for the City of Kalamazoo, joined always by the magnificent Melody Dakin. Hello. Neighborhood Business. Neighborhood Business and Special Projects Coordinator. Still, still figuring out what the special projects are. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. all of them. Yeah. Know? So we got, we're going to jump right in. We got a packed house tonight. We got three awesome guests representing one organization. Last time we had three guests, they represented separate organizations, but now it's um, one organization. It's like the Avengers almost. <laughs> um, and so we just, we'll hop right in. We'll let them introduce themselves. I have some stuff written down, but they can speak for themselves. So we'll start with the lovely Sarah Mansberger. Thank you, Kevin Ford. Uh, I'd like to be thought of as an advent- Avenger. We'll see if we can keep that up. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Mansberger, I have a long title, Executive Director of Workforce and Community Initiatives for Kalamazoo Risa, part of the Career and Talent Development Team. And we're really excited to share with you what we've got going on. Mm. we got a virtual guest. Oh, yeah. How you doing? Uh, uh, thanks for having us, Kevin and Melody. Uh, Eric Stewart, I am... The assistant superintendent uh, here at Kalamazoo recently focused on career and talent development with uh, Sarah and Isaac here. And I am, again, thank you, Melody and Kevin, for having us on. Uh, my name is Isaac Carter. I am the principal uh, of the soon-to-be-erected uh, Career Center, uh, but also part of the leadership team of our career and technical education piece of Carissa. Glad to be here. Congrats, principal. Principal Carter, is that what we should that's call right, you? That's right, that's right. Don't want to get sent to your office. A <laughs> L- little different office. Uh, <laughs> if you come to mind, you really have done something if you end up in my office. So. All right. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thank you all for being here. Um, I know one of the things we're looking at uh, regarding SBK is doubling down on workforce development in the city, uh, primarily our core neighborhoods. And so... The work you all are doing, uh, really want to highlight, even though it's regional, it's it's all interconnected. Um, so first thing, uh, the Career Center, right? I got this from you all's website, too. It's a centralized facility that's going to host the majority of the county's career and technical education programs. Is that correct? You got that right, Mr. Ford. All right. All right. And then for folks that don't know, it's K-RISA. The RISA is statewide, right? K is for Kalamazoo, but what's what's a RISA? Every every county has a has a RISA. Um, the RISA stands for Regional Educational Service Agency. Some areas call them ISDs, um, but it's virtually the same thing. And that's that's really uh that gives us our kind of charter responsibility to focus on three primary things, and that's uh, special education early childhood education and career and technical education, which is what we're here, you know, uh, talking about today. So. Yeah. And then for folks that don't know the career technical education, at least this phase of it, this is new for us, right? I know you've been doing like the career exploration type stuff, but like it's the career technical education. We are actually getting a CTE center. Yeah. That's 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 new for us. 
That's new. Um, that's definitely, new. I, I'll speak to it. I'm sure Isaac's got a lot to say about it too. Um, the, uh, uh, we've done, we've done uh, career and technical education through a different model, a decentralized model that was called education for employment. That's been around for 30 years um, in Kalamazoo County. What's new about this is we're centralizing it. We're putting it into a state of the art facility. And um, you know, this was really born out of a need for, uh, Kalamazoo County to focus uh, these programs in a more equitable fashion. Uh, when you when you decentralize these types of initiatives, these types of courses in the course of a school day, you're asking students to travel across the county uh, to get to various classes, and it just didn't work for a lot of kids. And we were leaving kids out of the dynamic, out of the programs, and um, that's not okay. And so this is a this one of our core commitments uh, to the community is to centralize these services. And uh, we've been lucky enough um, through some generous donations to uh, receive a, a nice chunk of land over there by Wings Event Center, which is smack dab in the center of the county, um, right off I-94 with some great, uh, you know, uh, great um, PR, right? Some great marketing <laughs> right off the highway there um, so that uh, more kids can get to us and it'll work within the course of their school day. Yeah, Eric, that's, that's correct. It's definitely uh, our initiative to increase our footprint across the county, making sure kids are impacted and families are impacted. We got some unique strategies in which to do that. And so you'll hear a lot more about that, about our never go dark portion of the building as well, as, as part of our, as well as our day-to-day -day operations for the building. Anything you want to add, Ms. Mansberger? Yeah, I'll chime in a little bit on, on Isaac's reference to never go dark. So as Eric mentioned, we are in the process of building a state-of-the-art career center, and we're, we're so excited to be able to have this new facility that's taking programs that have existed for many years and giving them a refresh, and in some cases introducing some new programs. We've been really focused on making sure that anything we offer in that center is going to provide young people who are attending classes in the course of their high school day the types of skills and credentials required to get into a well-paying, in-demand job right here in the county. And we've spent a lot of time asking those questions. You know, what, what does that look like? How do we make sure that as you're participating in a high school course, you're getting those hard skills, you're getting those credentials that will set you up for success right here locally? And we're really proud of the work we've been doing there. Isaac mentioned um, you know, we've got a lot of work to make sure that the work that we're doing within the course of the school day is world-class, top-notch, you know, preparing young people for success. And the school day doesn't last all day. And so what happens when, you know, we say goodbye to our high school students who've spent part of their day there as students? We have a really neat opportunity to become a, a hub within the community for related activities for adult job seekers, individuals looking to upskill or reskill, there's a lot of really exciting work happening around the community in those areas right now, and we're really excited to play a part. And so when we say this career center will never go dark, we're in the process right now of figuring out what will those programs be in the non-school hours to be able to welcome other folks who want an, op an opportunity to, to upskill or reskill or refresh a skill set to be able to, again, gain access to those well-paying in-demand jobs available right here in the community. So we're really excited about that. And the building also facilitates us to share with young people to let them see early on because we have more control right now in a decentralized model. Our programs are scattered all over the county, but now we can control it a lot more. It means our young people can see it on a regular basis. We can open our doors when we want to, when we need to. We can have a lot more of our programming there under that roof 
where kids and families can get a chance to see what we have to offer. That early exposure is going to be unique and special. So those kids, once they be, get into high school, they already know what a carpenter does, an electrician, mm -hmm. how much money they make, what kind of skills they need, what kind of credentials they need. Those are the kind of things we'll start to push down all the way from K to, all the way through 12. So our young people would know about those. Families would know what these careers can do and how they can launch them off into the world uh, early on prior to them coming to the center. And so the center will be there to capture them and to and Sarah's lane is to launch them out into the community and out to the workforce. That was one of the questions I had. So you all are super duper fast in getting getting to that. that was, <laughs> I, yeah, I heard that it was an aspiration that never had a lights off or never go dark. So, all right, I got to check that off now. <laughs> um, could you all provide just a brief historical context um, on how we got here? I know there's CTE Center, and, and just to differentiate, the CTE stuff has been going on, like you said, for 30 years. This is just a reboot, a refresh. Um, right. But the CTE Center, the actual physical facility, that's the new part. And then just yeah. integrating what's been, what's been taught and uh, remixing some things. But just a brief yeah. background on how we got to this point. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, I'll just say uh, this for the start. It's taken the entire community uh, to get this thing going. And we've had, we've been so lucky uh, to engage several, you know, uh, several, I mean, hundreds of local businesses, community leaders, nonprofit organizations, people that are in this space that really understand it, educators. Um, and this, this started back in 2017 when um, we, we did a kind of a deep dive on the data related to education for employment, the past model of CTE in Kalamazoo County. And just, you know, the numbers told a story that wasn't one that we, we liked, <laughs> um, particularly for certain demographic groups in our community. And we kind of threw the flag right in that moment and said, nope, this, this can't be who we are. This, we, gotta, we gotta aspire to a better version of, this, um, of these services so all kids can benefit from it. Uh, so we got busy um, working on a different model. We knew that uh, the decentralized way of doing uh, these programs was added, was inherently inequitable. And so we knew really early in the, in the process that we were talking about a centralized career center in our county. And so from there, uh, one way that we, we approached it with the public is to get, uh, to put a, um, uh, a, a millage on the ballot in 2019. And so we asked voters to come and uh, approve an operational millage, something that will pay for the operations of a career center and a, a robust set of a continuum of services that range from K through 12, um, really 12 plus, uh, as Sarah was talking about that never go dark uh, piece. Uh, and, the, and the voters uh, came out and they supported it, uh, 60 to 40. And um, since then, we've been changing the way we've been looking at CTE in Kalamazoo County. Recently, uh, you know, several months now, um, we were uh, we were um, kind of graced with a generous gift of uh, that was that made a lot of news in the community of hundred million dollars in a in a plot of land um, out near Wings uh, Stadium off Sprinkle um, to actually build the facility to build the facility. And since then, we've been engaged with our architect team at Whiteman and Associates and our construction team at CSM uh, and about. 200 plus community members designing um, what we refer to as a world-class career and tech ed facility uh, that integrates in all of the different pieces that you've already heard touched on by Isaac and Sarah 
uh, world-class instruction, top-of-the-line facilities, um, equitable, accessible um, uh, geographical locations and equipments and tools, uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, work around what are the right outcomes, what are the right um, credentials, what are the courses that will lead to high-paying, uh, high-demand jobs in our community. We want kids to exit these programs and be able to compete in the labor market for good quality jobs. And, um, and we are so excited to be where we're at today. We're getting ready to, um, we're in the schematic design phase of the process right now. And so um, we're gonna break ground likely sometime this fall. You'll probably see shovels turning in September. Uh, and we're gonna open those doors um, to students in the fall of 2024. Great, okay. that's really exciting. <laughs> Sweet. Will there be any, um, entrepreneurial connections in terms of programming at the CTE Center? Well, I certainly could be. There's certainly some flexibility, and I certainly think as, as our instructors, would, we would talk to our young people about how you turn these skills into entrepreneurial opportunities, as well as have local entrepreneurs frequent that building from a standpoint of having you know, career fairs where they come in and talk about entrepreneurship. And, because we think there's more than one way to skin the cat. And so mm -hmm. it's good for our young people to know. Maybe they combine together, join together. Our construction kids will join together and create their own rehab team. Mm -hmm. And so now they create this organization, this company that they can go around in Kalamazoo County, could probably use some, some support with that. And so we certainly will have those conversations with our young people, making sure they understand what's available to them. Sweet. They can connect with Melody on that. That's right. And we've got some activity happening right now, actually. And Kevin, you mentioned, you know, in addition to the, the Career Center being new, what's also been new for us is a lot of activity around career awareness and exploration, mm -hmm. helping young people understand what's out there in the world of work. Who am I? How do I start to make the connection between who I am and what I'm curious about and what might be out there? And one of those things that we know is out there that's piquing the interest of a lot of young people is entrepreneurship, as you say. And so as part of our career awareness and exploration team, we have a couple of tracks, one of which is around innovation and entrepreneurship. And so we have, some, have had some really rich activity around kind of a Shark Tank style um, uh, offering for young people to be able to pitch an idea. And that can be either around a tangible thing they might want to create or a solution to a community problem that they're really interested in helping to solve. And so we've got some really rich activity that's been uh, developing over the last couple of years, started last year in the uh, in, in pandemic school year, which is an interesting time to launch some new programming. So we've been really excited to see that take off over the course of this past school year. We've integrated with Broncos Pitch Day and had some just real excitement with young people. So it's an important thread in our work, especially in that career awareness and exploration zone. And to Isaac's point, we've seen others. You know, we've we've toured some facilities elsewhere across the country to understand what when when we have aspirations for world class. What should that look like? You know, what should that look like for our community? And we've seen some pretty cool examples of, to Isaac's point, you know, students from different um, points of pathway focus within a CTE center coming together to create new products, new ideas around service, and and really lean into that spirit of entrepreneurship. So we're excited to to see where our students go in embracing some of those those same opportunities. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear that, especially with. Um, everything that's happening in the digital space, mm -hmm. the pandemic has really um, boosted a lot of like online commerce activity mm -hmm. and just understanding how youth interact with digital devices and within that landscape. Mm -hmm. It's just such 
a great opportunity for them to jump in and, and capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's exciting to hear. What's been some of the the most energizing places you all have visited? You say you visited some places um, to get a better idea of what a, a world-class CTE center is. What's been some of the places it's like, yo, this is this yeah. is world-class. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's probably a pretty clear highlight for all of us, um, mm-hmm. which is Cherry Creek Innovation Center um, just outside of Denver. Mm-hmm. They are just a few years ahead of us on the journey, and so we've learned a lot from them already about the type of facility and, you know, what makes for not only a, you know, a welcoming and well-equipped facility, most importantly, a facility that facilitates exactly the kind of innovation and, and spirit of collaboration that we've just been talking about. And so it's been really rich to be able to see their space and see how they're approaching um, what really amounts to a, a hybrid experience that, yes, is a school day for high school students who attend there, but it's also emulating the world of work. And yeah. so it's, a, it's an in-between space. It's really its own space. And we've learned a lot from them about how to give some of those realistic, um, you know, feel of a workplace while also maintaining, you know, the integrity of a really high-quality, innovative learning environment. I think that's been a, it's been a real bright spot for us. Eric, Isaac, I'm sure you've got other yeah. things to share. Yeah, yeah no, Sarah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think w- what we're after here is a school that does not feel like a school right? Uh, it more closely resembles the world of work as, as uh, Sarah was alluding to. So we found a, we found a needle in a haystack out there, uh, Cherry Creek. We've been out there a few times. Um, and we, we toured several other areas across the United States and in the state of Michigan as well, um, but really fell in love with their model um, of, of really trying to mimic that world of work. But we also have been, you know, really active visiting um, local employers and figuring out what is their, what is it, what is it like uh, in those in those places, last week we were up at Steelcase in Grand Rapids um, to look at kind of their new innovative approach to how they set up spaces, learning spaces, and learn so much um, that we can apply. You know, I would say not only to the Career Center, most notably to the Career Center, yes, but not only to the Career Center, but to education in general across our county. Why why do we why do we have this old school philosophy that uh, learning needs to be uncomfortable physically, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all know that we do better when we're comfortable and so there's a lot um, that we learn from how we're going to lay this space out i'm curious Um, also about like the um a lot of the some of the conversations i just know from my previous role we talked a lot about apprenticeships internationally eric and sarah um through uh colleagues international which is now global ties global ties Ties kalamazoo right and we talked about a lot apprenticeships and looking at models uh, internationally. So I'm curious if like if you've talked to other schools um, outside of the U.S. because a lot of those examples when we when we look at best practices may not be here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. it's a great question. (laughs) Thank you for it. Um, Sarah, you can go or I'm happy to share. Uh, We've we've done a lot of consulting with it with a, 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 a National Career Education Employment Institute. Uh, it's led by a gentleman named Mark Tucker, who's kind of world-renowned as uh, uh, being one of the you know global thought leaders around world-class career and tech ed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did it. He's done some deep studies of countries like Singapore and Switzerland that are just so far ahead of the United States in terms of how they prepare young people for the world of work. And one of those key things that you pick up there is how they use things like work-based learning. 
apprenticeships at a young age, right? We know there's limits to what we can teach a young person in a classroom, no matter how cool we make the classroom, right? It's just different when you go to work. You learn, you learn in a different way by actually having to do the thing for a customer or for a company or whatever the case may be. And so um, that's a part of the program we're growing. Uh, we've been lucky enough to receive a grant from the state of Michigan to grow um, uh, apprenticeships in high demand industries. So we have several partners that are along uh, with us on that journey. And um, yeah, that's going to be a focus of our work uh, substantially going forward. And one of the great things about our, our benchmarking was that, and we spoke about it earlier, is, is when we talked to the students, mm -hmm. and it was their sale to us how the building made them feel, right? And as a principal, I certainly resonated with that because, you know, you want to make sure your kids feel welcome and they want to come in and do the work, right? So they felt like, again, not like a school. They felt like the teachers treated them like a professional. They came in ready to, to learn and earn mm -hmm. those skills and credentials that they would need to move into the next level. So it's exciting for me as, as, as leading that space to create that same environment so our kids are taking full advantage of this unique and special opportunity. Uh, we talked about a couple places across the country. Kalamazoo will be the next one that people will be talking about. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that our kids are taking full advantage of it across the county. Uh, and this building will help facilitate that. So looking very forward to it. So a youth that will go into the CTE center, it will, would it be all day or would it be partial? Yeah, it's a segmented. Um, so we have usually two, maybe three sections where kids will come in. So some will come early in the morning. Some will come maybe mid-morning or, or afternoon. So we haven't yet decided how many sec sections we will have, but that is usually the, the format in which we will be getting that done. And then they go back to their regular high school. That is correct. So okay. we're just part of their school day. We're part of their schedule. It's built in through their, their uh, counselors uh, after coordinating that, making sure they're certainly taking care of all of their core courses at their home schools. But we coordinate transportation as well to make sure they get to and from um, within the enough time frame, make sure they get back to class and not miss anything. Mm -hmm. Hey, I had a question listening to you all. It's it's kind of two questions, but in my mind, they kind of connected. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. But the CTE Center, it's, it sounds amazing. And then they have to go back to their KPS high schools and the CTE Center is prepping them potentially for quality jobs in, in the workplace. Has there been any conversation around that, and, and this is kind of like an equity piece as well, or like if, if the CTE Center is going to be welcoming and, you know, inspiring, like some workplaces just aren't that, just it, to be blunt, you know, and – um. You know, I'm thinking as a youth, if you're in this CTE center and it's a great experience and you go into the workplace, it's like, this is different. You know, has there been any conversation around that? Or even with KPS or, or their high schools, right? You know, it's a brand new center. It's great. It's got all this stuff. And I go back to my <laughs> high school and it's like, what? It's like visiting a rich friend, you know, then you got to go home. And it's like, well, oh. well, that's the motivation, I think. And that's okay. what, what hopefully that will catapult kids to want to sign up, um, come into this place where they know they can learn and earn opportunities to change their life and transform uh, their families, where they, where they live and how they live. And so that's important for us. And I think, I don't think that will be big, as big a problem as you may suspect. And so we don't, um, we hope the kids will embrace that and use that space 
that's made sure they not privileged, but glad to be there, right, and grateful to be there and take full advantage of it while they're there and, and not waste the time. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a great question, Kevin. I think um, uh, we have been mindful of that. In fact, we had some uh, really robust conversations with all the partners that helped us design this facility, one of which is a great deal of uh, input from KPS, right? Uh, they were at the, they've been at the table the entire time. Uh, but but it is a tough needle to thread, right? We want to make sure that um, we're promoting world-class career and technical education. And that means we're going to try to bring facilities that um, prepare students at the best possible rate for the jobs that they're going to be entering the workforce. And you are so right when you say not every not every workplace in, in our area um, is, uh, quote-unquote, inspiring, right? Makes kids get ex- excited about career pathways. It's our job to find those bright spots because there are a lot of folks that are doing it right. And, um, and we found those partners along the way uh, to help uh, kind of illuminate for us. What, what are, what are those pieces? You know, I mentioned Steelcase to you earlier and uh, boy, they got it figured out. You know, people, people get excited about going into work there. And I went and I visited and we, all the three of us did went and visited last week. And, you know, I walked away. I was like, man, I wouldn't mind working there, you know, and I, and I could see a lot of kids, you know, in that space, ooh and an on. Right. Um, and so then, but yeah, you know, the transition back to their normal school, um, it's our, it's our job to make that as smooth as possible. Um, and to walk with kids uh, through that process and walk with the locals through that process as well. They've been great partners in helping us build this facility. I have a question like about the curriculum when, when you have your four, your regular high school day, um, how does the CE fit into the routine of the day? Is it an extra thing? So when they go to this, they, what is, or, or what is it replacing? Um, yeah. Well, uh, it's more of an elective. Uh, okay. And so it's not necessarily replacing anything, but also in some of our CT curriculums, we have built in, say for instance, uh, replacement math. Mm-hmm. So instead of having to take math at your home school, by you taking carpentry at our, at our CTE center, you would have to, you know, have to take that class back at your school. And lots of times that's how we able to, and counselors are able to schedule kids because, again, one of the struggles and barriers is scheduling, mm-hmm. right? Because we have nine, ten districts with all these different bell schedules, which is another thing that we're working on. <laughs> and so to get a more common bell schedule allows us to facilitate that a little better. Mm-hmm. Right now it's kind of all over the place. And so counselors struggle with trying to make sure they can coordinate based on how their schools are run. So that is a challenge, but we're working toward it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Sweet. And then could you all expand a little bit about the equity piece? You mentioned it earlier, but, you know, uh, what kind of what kind of drove that? And what's, what's that looking like as you all are building this out? Um, so could you speak to that piece for a little bit? Sarah, did you want to take sure. a shot? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, to. Eric's earlier comments, that was a real driver as we were taking a look at who was and was not participating in our CTE programs. And we know that right now, in a decentralized model, the logistical barriers create equity barriers. We need to solve for that common location where we can address transportation for students. And so when we're talking about, you know, bell schedules and transportations, there are some of these logistical hurdles that we need to be able to remove so that any student who says, I want to be able to participate, you know, is, is not facing those types of b- barriers within <coughs> the context of their school day. One of the other pieces that we're really sensitive to also and we're working on right now is questions of, you know, how you have to see it to be it. 
right? And so how do we start to, especially through some of the activity around career awareness and exploration, give young people opportunities to see examples of success right here in our community? And that means we have to be very intentional about representation, that we have to be very intentional about providing hands-on opportunities for young people to experiment, to try, to get a sense of what it might be to be within a CTE class. And that means starting young, right? And so we're looking at some of that, those activities at the elementary school level, building on a lot of work at that middle school level as well. And this is where especially, again, starting to get some of those hands-on examples of folks within the community who are successful in a wide variety of career pathways, coming from a wide variety of, of backgrounds and with a wide variety of educational levels and experiences as well. There is not one path to success. There's not one path to success in the world of work. And so we need to make sure that we're representing the full range of examples for students so that they see themselves reflected in examples of successful adults in our community. We know that that's gonna have to continue once we open the center as well. And so this is where we're on kind of two timelines, right? There's activity that's happening that's live right now around the career awareness and exploration activities. And that center is slated to open in fall of 24. And so we've got some runway, right? This is the reason we started with middle school students. Those will be the first students who will be walking through the doors of that career center. And so we've been really intentional about starting with those activities at that middle school level. We're gonna have to continue with intentional outreach, um, you know, engaging with families um, who may say, I don't know if this is for me, or I've never heard of this before, or I don't know that I could see my young person being successful in this career pathway. We've got a lot of work to do to continue with our community outreach and family engagement and making sure, again, that we're placing representation front and center um, and, and really centering our outreach and family engagement. Yeah, and the Sarah's piece, I think that's going to increase our equity exponentially when we start to coach up the families as to here's what's available to you. I think lots of times access to information or lack of it is some of the reasons why the numbers may be lagging. Um, folks are not interested because they just don't know. And so we must do, be very, very intentional making sure we are bringing everybody along uh, in every community that we serve that they are aware that this is available to them. And so that's going to be very, very instrumental that we do a good job of that, making sure we expose. Again, not just a young person, but making sure we sell it to a parent who may not have any idea about what career technical education is as well as the pathways in which we're going to be offering, the opportunity financially that these kids, the young people will have. And so it's very important for us to make sure that information is there. And I think that will drive the, the increase in numbers and increase in interest. And certainly in our, our number one goal is to increase our outcomes. Another point of um, attention for us is as we start to have a staff that's staffing that career center and making sure that the, the composition of the staff is reflective of the student population who will be participating in those programs. About how many staff you think the center will have? Ooh, I'm going to punt that yeah. one to Eric or Isaac. Um, <laughs> er Eric controls the purse string, so that would be. <laughs> oh, that's why he's on <laughs> today. Oh, Eric, Eric was a, yeah. a last-minute guest right. edition. Right. That's right. why he Make came. Make sure I don't sell anything that I can't. All that right, that that talk that about the money. Center should be staffed by about uh, 90 of the strongest educational and uh, employment professionals you you've seen so and that includes the, uh, the very best teachers we can find that's right and so that's right and uh, you know teacher assistants etc so that would be the bulk of our staff in there as well okay does the center plan to be open on the weekends 
there's some conversations around that. Okay. There's a need. Again, uh, Sarah's team is certainly engaged in the community to see what, what it is you want mm-hmm. and when. And so those questions will be answered as we get closer and closer. But I expect some Saturdays. Okay. Uh, and if they gave me a, a three, three, three hole golf course back there, or right. Uh, I mean, it's it's a world basketball hoop on the top on the roof or something. I might be able to get some people there on Sunday. It's so. supposed yeah. to be world class. <laughs> I right. mean, suddenly we'll be launching an right. athletics league over here. Yeah. Exactly. When I heard world class, I'm like, is this place gonna have a juice bar? Exactly. <laughs> Not exactly what we're going for. Maybe well, we, we may have what? a ca- we may have an open cafe for the public. Okay. So talk about that's an entrepreneurial opp- opportunity for someone yeah. to come in there and run it. Talk so about Kevin, getting people excited. Juice bar. Kevin, I wanted to. I wanted to just your question about is it open on the weekend uh, is an important one for the community, um, and I wanted just to make sure that uh, you know the listeners here know that uh, this space is theirs, right? This and and I'm and we mean that at a very you know at a very genuinely real level, real level. This is um, we call it. We're you know in in house we're calling this a community career center it's got to work for the community. Otherwise, we're never going to be able to keep this thing going. So um, we don't need to be the operators of programs, right? This space can be available to other organizations that are doing similar work um, uh, to use the equipment and the stuff that we've, you know, uh, we've benefited from the generosity of the community to, to receive. And so uh, we want this to be more than just the K-RESA Career Center. Sure, during the, during the school day, you know, 730 to 3, there's going to be, you know, anywhere from 800 to 1,500 kids at any given time in that facility. Um, but after hours, weekends, summers, right, we want this to come alive for, for the greater community. So all of this is in motion. The CTE, the CTE Center will uh, break ground. It'll be built. Let's just say everything happens according to plan, no wrinkles. It's up and running. Yeah. What is the next stage or evolution of of this work that's a good question that's a really good question i think we're so focused on getting to fall of 24 <laughs> okay. we've got a whole mess of work in front of us however uh, we we are planning for flexibility to yeah. add phases onto the building so mm-hmm. that is a key imp- component to building this facilities to make sure it's flexible to pivot if we need to but also w- some of our programs will still be satellites we're not bringing them to the center at this point yeah. someday soon we could bring them in so we will be looking for that. Once we open the center, I'll start to look at the future and say, how can we bring all of our programs under one umbrella? So, I see a couple okay. of things, too. I mean, when we went about the business of selecting courses, we worked with the Upjohn Institute for Employment Research to help guide that decision-making because we wanted to make sure that, as I mentioned previously, if you're in a course as a high school student, you're gaining skills that are in demand in the local labor market. Well, so we had to do a whole bunch of work to figure out what that meant. And that's going to change. You know, the labor market changes constantly, and especially in the world of COVID and mm-hmm. interesting geopolitical situations. That's remote something work. Remote yes. work, exactly. These are things we need to be really attuned to. And so we made a commitment to refreshing our data set on a regular basis. And we've made a commitment to making sure that the space is flexible as well. And so that if we have, you know, an existing course area that we say, wow, the world is really changing and we need to have something a little bit different or change this or consider a different program, we're designing with that in mind. And so when you say what's next, well, I think the labor market will tell us to a certain extent, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we need to be responsive and and need to design for that in mind. 
for right now, we got a lot of next steps to take. Yeah. We got to be able to walk through those doors and and you know, it'll take a few years for us to establish the culture in that space too mm -hmm. and make sure that um, of course, under Isaac's leadership, we know students are going to be having a really engaging experience and just continuing to build on that momentum after fall of 24. Well said, Sarah. Sweet. I like <laughs> that you're, I like that you're including, um, like other things. I, I just sort of heard you the themes of cross of like the barriers, so things like transportation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think food's a good thing to ex consider. Yeah. You need food. People need to feel good and feel nourished. Well, our culinary program is going to be in-house. Yeah. So that's one of our programs, and they'll have a state-of-the-art kitchen to mm -hmm. prepare. But, but there's like conversations that. about having a, a cafe where students, in yeah. case we need to feed, yeah. or a grab-and-go situation, mm -hmm. that that's available to them. And then, of course, our community who comes in in the evening and yep. any other special events, we want to be able to accommodate that as well. Sweet. The one, one kind of, like, little shout-out is I'm a person that uh, uses mostly – uh, walking or riding a bike for transportation. Mm -hmm. So um, when I think about where this place is located, it's kind of out there, mm -hmm. and it's a place where that's it's not it's not accessible to walk there or to ride a bike or to scoot or however you need. So I I just want to advocate for that. That I hope um, it sounds like buses and other things you're going to be using, but to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, it sounds like a sweet thing. I love that you're centering that. Um, to move forward, we though. appreciate that, and, and and that is a it's a big challenge in the community, yeah, right? And it so is. <laughs> it really, especially is. when you look at that big of a space you need. Exactly, like there's not that much space left in the city. Um, That's right. So That's right. So we're so fortunate to be able to have such a large footprint. And to your point, we have to make sure we can do everything in our capability to help get people there. Mm -hmm. And so buses include not only the school, you know, school bus system, mm -hmm. but we've been in conversation already with Metro also to say, how can we make sure this is, you know, this is on thankfully a prime corridor that we're addressing those needs for access as well. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the grab and go as you go too. Yeah. The, yes. the location gives us the very best curb appeal that we can ask for yeah. mm -hmm. off of 94. And yep. may, we may lose a few things, but I think what we gain from being mm -hmm. in that location is, is going to be spectacular. And then who knows, at some point we may be able to take over that whole footprint and expand our operations and impact more students across the country, I mean, across the county. So. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I want to thank you all, um, first and foremost, for your sharing your time, sharing your knowledge, uh, passion about this work. Super excited that this is in our community, and we have you all. We got the right people at the table. Um, Sarah Mansberger has a hard stop at 2 p.m., so we want to we, – we typically have some questions that we ask all the guests at the end um, of episodes. A lot of things are, like, heavy that we have discussed. We, we try to end on a lighter note. So since Sarah has that hard stop at two, we're gonna start with her, okay. and we'll we'll rotate <laughs> to, to uh -oh, Eric. Yeah. And, I'm in the hot uh, seat now. <laughs> and Isaac, <laughs> but, um, I did. The, um, what is, oh, a six-word vision for our community, right? Our model: a community without racism and poverty. Uh, wait, I'm supposed to give you a six-word six-word yeah. vision. Yeah. Um. Love. I was going to start with um, equitable, sustainable. Uh, how about built on love? Okay. 
That's right. five. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. And how about go team? There you Six, go. Seven. All right. I mean, you got the hard stop, so however <laughs> long you want to take. Yeah. Um, what are you currently reading? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I, I have sitting on my desk right now two books that I'm coming back to. One is about um, transitions in organizational life. we got a lot going on right now, so that's one of mine. And then I have re-picked up uh, an old favorite, uh, by a gentleman by the name of Studs Terkel. The book is called Working, and it, it documents people's experience in the world of work. And uh, from the 1970s, we need to update it here for Kalamazoo. That's a good project for us. Okay. Uh, what did you have for dinner last night? Spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, classic. Nice. A classic. Nice. Kids' classic. favorite. Too, All man. the kids were happy. So were the grown-ups. Classic. Cake or pie? Oh, Kevin. Oh, hardest-hitting question of the day. Uh, I'm going to go cake, Okay. reluctantly. Yeah, I'm still cool with you, even though that's okay. your answer. <laughs> All right. you, you're still good. You're still good people. Uh, what's on your nightstand? All the books I want to keep reading. <laughs> okay. A whole stack, a giant stack of books. And what's the most important thing you do uh, for yourself, self-care, to show up for this, for this work? Laugh with my kids. All right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Eric's writing down his answers. I saw him look down. That's fine. <laughs> just say, hey, that's, just hey, that's fine. Everything Sarah said, I'll just you know, copy and paste. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I just want to respect Sarah's hard stop. Um, so now, but we are, we, we moving on to Eric Stewart. Oh, okay. And so your six word vision. Man, I don't got six words. Uh, I, 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 the one that comes to mind is an old K. Risa saying, and that's uh, "together is better." And uh, in this, in, the, in what we're doing together, has definitely been the way to go. So. Okay. Okay. Um, what are you currently reading? Oh, I, I feel like um, I'm <laughs> just like Sarah, right? It's um, we're we're figuring out how to navigate complex transitions. So on my desk is a book called Managing Transitions. How's that sound? Okay. Um, but I'm also reading We Want to Do More Than Survive by Bettina Love. Uh, that came in the mail last week, so cracking it up. Okay. What um, What did you have for dinner last night? Jeez, I can't even remember. Um, what did I have for dinner last night? Uh, macaroni and cheese or something? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Equally classic. Just a Equally. classic of all classics. Equally yeah. classic. Um, cake or pie? Cake. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you still cool with me too. <laughs> you still cool. What's What's on your nightstand? Oh, too much electronics right now. Um, cell phone case, headphone case. Um, yeah, that type of stuff. <laughs> and what's What's the most important thing you do uh, for self care to show up show up for this work? Oh, man, Sarah gave a good one. She said, uh, laugh with your kids. But uh, just to be original, I would say uh, spend time running. I got to, you know, at the end of the day, I like to get on the treadmill or out in the neighborhood and run. So. All right. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I'm, uh, have a fractured knee from running. Yeah. So just hearing that, <laughs> I'm like, thanks. That doesn't feel like self-care. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. Um. Mr. Isaac. Yes, sir. Six word vision for the for the community. You've had some time to think, yeah, so yours better be the yeah. best. 
we have one high of expectations. The, one of the mantras we use and is together is better, and that's what we talked about bringing people along and everybody, all the folks that we had to talk to. Mm-hmm. So that stands out. But then do your best in that. Mm-hmm. And those are my other three words. And, and yeah. live by those. And if you can do your best, then you know you're giving it all you got. What else can you say, right? Yeah. Together is better too. Is like, is like it's slower work too. I don't think we've said that. It's really slow work. Yeah. You're gonna take people along with you. Well, they say you want to go fast, go alone. You want to yeah. go hard, go with someone, take some with Together you. is better. Say it twice. Yeah. Those people need reminders. Yeah. Yeah. Together right. is better. Yeah. Okay. What are you currently reading? Uh, unfortunately, I'm reading the same book these guys are as a part of the leadership team, but also I like to um, look at the book 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership on a regular basis just to remind myself of which one I'm in at the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and how to get out of and how to make the best of the current situation I'm in. Who's, who's the author of that? I want to say Maxwell. I don't know his first name. But oh, John. John C. Maxwell. Yeah. He got, I got a couple got joints a from him. Out there, yeah, he got, a couple, he got a couple good joints. Um, what you have for dinner last night? Uh, Chipotle. I like uh, chicken with oh, white rice. Okay. Um, there you go. No beans. Um, you get the corn. Queso, corn, cheese, and lettuce. Added. Yeah, it's usually my staple for dinner. I'm I'm up here from Chicago recently, so I'm a bachelor at the moment. My family's in Chicago, so okay. I eat out most of the time. So, and okay. Eric and Sarah, you know, haven't invited me over for dinner. And that. <laughs> but that's a different story. That's another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we talk about that later. Uh, ca- cake or pie? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question. You know, I used to be a cake man, but since I moved to Kalamazoo, there's this pie place on Westness called. Oh, oh, oh Traverse City. Traverse City. Yeah. I'm like, pie man to death. Pie man. There well, you go. We usually have it maybe for an event or two, but then I, I happen to find out where it exactly is. So I stop by there. I usually rack up one or two, three slices just to have them around mm-hmm. the house. So I have been converted. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That is it. it. Team pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's on your nightstand, sir? My um, this charger for my um, iPhone, I guess, and then picture of my wife and mother-in-law. So. Okay. And what's the most important thing? She's listening to this. I hope <laughs> <laughs> we go. We gonna have her. We gonna send it straight to her. Yeah. Um, and what's the most important thing you do uh, for self-care to show up? I'm an avid golfer, but I, I love to laugh and joke and make fun of. Both good situations and bad ones. So yeah, laughter is my my medicine. So okay, yeah. a golfer. I'm gonna have to I am big con- time, connect big you time. with my supervisor. Please do, please do. Especially right. if he's a member of a country club. Please let me know the name. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna connect you. Yeah, okay, definitely. But yeah, okay. As long as you tell him how good of a job we're doing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> that goes without saying. So the more I play with him, the more I can tell him. You know yeah. that's how it works, right? We're pro quo. <laughs> I want to thank uh, thank you all. Uh, Mr. Isaac Carter, Eric Stewart, Sarah Mansberger, all representing K. Risa, talking about the uh, CTE Center um, and and their work around that. Um, again, uh, immense thank you for you all and the work that you've done and the work that's coming along. Appreciate you both giving us the opportunity to spread the word. Yeah, thank speak you. About it, so. yep, thank no you so doubt. much. Thanks for your questions. All right. Thank you all for listening. Episode 16 in the books. We'll catch you next time. Bye.